Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, on Instagram at Kristen Esser, and now we can keep the conversation going on the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 39. Hello, friends. It's so good to be back. I'm a little bit late on this podcast for my usual schedule because you know what? It's the holidays and uh, I am tucking this recording session in between meetings and haircuts and grocery store trips, you know, all the things that are going on for everybody this, this time of year. Let me ask you this. Do you go into a bit of a holiday panic? Every year, the week after Thanksgiving, I go into a Christmas panic because I always think that I should be further ahead than I am. And you know what? It always works out every year. And so I wish I could just, you know, know that. (laughs) But, you know, as I used to say to my mom who, you know, would give me a hard time about how I panicked about studying for tests, I would tell her, you know, it's the freaking out that is part of my process. If I don't, the freaking out is what makes me knuckle down and get things done. So that's probably the way this is too. Because I go into a panic, then I go into hyper productivity mode and I, you know, I finish early. So that's good. So, um, and this year I feel like we were in America here when we have Thanksgiving, We were gypped a week because Thanksgiving was so late that, you know, like right the the weekend after Thanksgiving, we're already into December. It just, it wasn't fair. I feel like I was, I was gypped a week there, but uh, I, I went into hyper productivity mode and did the things that I usually like to have done before Thanksgiving, the, the parts that I call my high stress projects, uh, Christmas card photo, ordering Christmas cards and, um, I do this uh, this photo calendar of our my extended family my my family of birth for my and their extended and their families for my dad boy I really botched that um, I do a family calendar and it requires some work it's it's fun to do and I know he enjoys it but you know it just it's one of those things you have to just sort of sit down and and uh, spend some time on and that is always in short supply but I got those things done the first week and felt uh, just so much better yeah so. Um, Do you still send Christmas cards? (laughs) I feel like so many fewer people send Christmas cards. We have this door in our family room that goes into the laundry room. And I have, I always tape the Christmas cards that we receive up on that door so that we can see them while we're in the room we are in the most often. And years ago, that door filled up completely. And then by Christmas time, there were cards just sort of piled on the entertainment center right next to it. Now we cannot even fill the door. And I would like to think it's it's not because people don't like me anymore, <laughs> but that people don't send Christmas cards the way they used to. And um, I even said to my husband when I was making the card last week, I said, you know what? I think maybe we'll, I'll keep doing this through my youngest one finishing high school, and then we might not do it every year. The, the point is the is the picture of the kids and watching people's kids grow up. And that's what I do is I take a picture of the kids every year. And, um, you know, at some point, you know, it's not, they're not growing anymore. (laughs) They're not a little and adorable anymore. So I don't know, I might let it go after that, but it seems like a lot of people have, have let it go. And I, I guess I kind of understand that. So what is in your cup? My cup today has Trader Joe's, um, peppermint green tea. Now 
I will confess to you, I do not like mint. I do not like peppermint. There's a few things I wish I could kind of change about myself. Um, one of them is not liking mint because it's everywhere. But there's something about this particular tea, Trader Joe's Green Tea Peppermint. I'm not exactly sure what it's called. It's got a little polar bear on the cover, on the box. It's just, it's seasonal. It's only this time of year that I just find really refreshing. And it's kind of a nice break for me um, from just drinking black tea and really ingesting too much caffeine. <laughs> so try that tea if you, if uh, it sounds good to you. Um, so... So yeah, I'm over my Christmas Christmas panic. Um, most things are ordered. We're about two weeks out from Christmas now. Um, I'm, I'm not done shopping, but I'm getting there. It's going to be a pretty simple Christmas. Uh, that seems to be another theme that I see, especially with Christmas decorating. Um, I, I'm really noticing that my tastes have changed since... I started buying Christmas decorations 20 plus years ago. And now, you know, 20, you know, 25 years ago, everything was super um, kind of that real homespun look, a little countryish and stuff kind of, you know, and while you can still find that stuff, it's really maybe not, doesn't reflect my taste now. So I'm, I'm finding that last year I did a big declutter of our Christmas decorations. I did set some stuff aside that we used for years, but I don't really want to use anymore. And I put it in a box in case as the kids grow up and go out of the house, this is probably completely misguided. If they want a few things that they remember from their childhood, then we can pass those on. If, uh, you know, I'll probably just donate them all in 10 years, let's be honest. But uh, I even edited it down, edited it, <laughs> really stumbling over the words, down the Christmas decorations even more this year. I kind of went with a theme which helped me kind of leave things out in our family room, which is where most of this stuff happens. It's kind of all red and white or red and silver. The only green stuff is really the tree and the garlands, you know, actual greenery. And I'm, I'm really liking the way that looks. There's um, just a few items on each surface and a few candles and, um, you know, some things that are shiny, some things that are, you know, natural, like pine cones and stuff. And it, it went together very quickly. And uh, that that was very nice. I'll talk about more about that in the homemaking section of the podcast. But I'm super excited about the holidays coming. The college kids are coming home. Oh, my gosh, tomorrow. And uh, my high schooler will still have a week of finals um, to go before he gets some time off. So, you know, that's the good thing, I guess, about the holidays coming right so quickly after Thanksgiving is the kids were here just like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. It was great. So I'm just kind of settling into that holiday vibe. So let's um, move on to quilting. But before we do, I want to thank Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. Are you signed up for the Quilt for a Cause Quilt Along for 2020? It's called Bloomtopia and features Summer Sweet Fabric by Sherry and Chelsea. This sampler quilt combines unique and historical blocks in the vintage style. You can reserve your kit today at fatquartershop.com or simply follow along starting in February 2020. Fat Quarter Shop will release two free patterns each month for six months on their blog. There's a suggested donation of $5 per pattern to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Central and South Texas. Fat Quarter Shop and Moda will match donations up to $20,000. Simply follow along on the blog to download the patterns as they're posted. And Sherry and Chelsea were just at that quarter shop filming videos to go along with the quilts along. So you're not going to want to miss that. 
While I'm talking about Fat Quarter Shop, I just want to give them a shout out for their customer service. I recently um, ordered from them and I wasn't sure about uh, color matching for a couple of colors. Like there was a, a color in the print and I wanted to know what was the right background color. And they sat on the phone with me and helped me figure it out. You know, it took like 15 minutes just to help me figure out what were the right colors to pick. And I so appreciate it. Their, their customer service is just second to none. So I'll put a link to the show notes for Fat Quarter Shop. Now on to quilting. I finished a quilt top, people. I am so excited to say that's another um, good reason for pushing the podcast is I actually finished a few things. So I've been talking the last few podcasts about this quilt called Sweet Confetti. It's from the book um, Sunday Best Quilts. And I have and so I've, I've enjoyed making this this quilt. Um, it has stretched me um, on my accuracy because it's every every square block has 18 triangles in it. So it's made up of two rectangular blocks with nine triangles each. And I struggled with my accuracy and bias edges. So I've, I've talked about the, this on previous podcasts of um, ways to make sure that I was on track starching the fabric to um, make sure that things didn't stretch as easily, um, double checking the quarter inch seam allowance as I went. <laughs> but also, um, you know, I did have uh, some experience with, with blocks that didn't come out quite the right size. And so instead of tearing them out, I was able to sort of ease them together and you know what, that quilt top came together and it's fine. It is not perfect, but it's in no way terrible. And I'm pretty sure that I'm the only person that would uh, ever see the problems with it. And here's what also what I've really learned is it's one thing when you, you know, it's right in front of your nose and you're seeing, oh, I just, I clipped off the the nose of that little geese right there. (laughs) Um, You know, you just see every imperfection because you're so close up. But if someone's actually using the quilt, you know what, you're just snuggled up in it and nobody ever sees these things. You know, I just realized that I'm so hard on myself as I'm making the quilt and it doesn't really, um, you know, it's the love, man. It's the love. It doesn't really matter that it's perfect. So that quilt is um, going to be on its way today to the long armor. I know, I know. Like when was the last time I quilted my my own quilt. I can't even tell you right now, but it's funny because my husband <laughs> is saying things like, didn't you get that juki so that you could quilt your own quilts? I'm like, I know, I know. but And I love the juki. I absolutely do. And I love her piecing, so I, I have no regrets. And smaller quilts, I will, I will continue to work on my own free motion quilting, but um, this quilt's has been languishing for long enough. I am so ready to just um, long arm it and I'm going to give it away. I can't really say to who yet, but that's going to be given away probably in January. Um, and I'm, I'm like super happy to, again, I'm giving away two quilts uh, soon, that one and one next week. So I'm continuing my mission to not be a selfish quilter so that someday, <laughs> how morbid is this? At my funeral, everyone's going to bring the quilts I made them and the church will be covered in quilts. That's, that's my wish. I need to make sure my family knows that. But um, yeah, it just seems like such a good way to, to show someone that you love them. As a matter of fact, one of the quilts that I gave away, I just described it as, you know, it's like a hug. It's a hug from me. (laughs) Every time you use it, think that I'm hugging you. So I'm super excited to be um, sending two more quilts out into, into the world. Um, what else have I done? I worked on um, a Christmas project. Now, I've, I, 
am always working on not being a selfish quilter, but I also, I think I'm a little weird about this. I don't really do a lot of handmade gifts for Christmas because I'm so easily overwhelmed, people. And it's like so much pressure. The only way I could do that is if I made them throughout the year and saved them. And I'm really not patient enough for that. So I don't have a lot of high pressure sewing. I know a lot of people, they are just all out right now making handmade gifts. I can't do that. I can't do that. It just, it makes me, it makes me angry. And then the quilt doesn't have love in it. It has anger and panic. <laughs> but um, for the Orifil Artisan Program, um, you know, they give us these little challenges monthly. And the challenge for um, December was just to make whatever Christmas project you want. So I took out all my Christmas fabric and had it all over the, the sewing table and was just really trying to channel some inspiration. And I thought about doing another um, cushion for uh, for Christmas, the, the on-point pillow. I did one of those with um, the Madame Fleur uh, fabric that I used um, for, uh, I made a, a quilt and a little cushion that went to quilt market. And I thought about making another one of those, but more in red and white. And then I thought, well, that's boring. I just made one of those. And I just, I mean, I, I really, I was just like, I tried to make a Christmas stocking, but we already have Christmas stocking, so I don't need that. It took me a while to, to figure out what I wanted to do. So I pull out all my old Christmas stuff and I found this baggie of hexes that I made. Um, it's funny because I was looking through my Instagram account to see how long I've been on Instagram. Um, and I came across when I made them and it was four years ago. So um, they're from this little mode of fabric line. I forgot what it's called, like Mary Mistletoe or something. It's super cute. And I just remember making those with um, a mini charm pack over, I think it's like a one inch hexy paper. And I had this idea that I would do a not English paper piece, but the um, modern hexy layout from Modern Handcraft. I'm sure you've seen it. I'll put a link in the show notes, but where you just glue down the hexes um, and then sew them down. And I remember laying it out at the time and never coming up with a layout that I was happy with. So in they went to this little baggie and I pull them out every year and think I should do something with that. So this year I did. And I did a lumbar pillow. I'm already regretting, regretting that it's not a full size square pillow because now I've got three Christmas lumbar pillows and I've decided they're too little. I, I decided I like things a little bigger and oversized, but it's still cute. Um, so the technique is, I, I did it on top of um, linen, and you just glue them like a, with a quarter inch spacing. And at first I was worried that I was going to have to measure it and stuff, but I just winged it. I just, is that the right? Wing wong? <laughs> winged it. I just laid them out um, and just kind of, you know, because they're hexes, I could align edges pretty well. And I glued them down. Now, the original technique that um, Nicole over at Modern Handcraft uses, and she's got a pattern for this. There was a time it was all free online, but then I think she turned it into a paid pattern. But she used, um, I think it's called Fabric Fusion. It's like a very, like, fabric super glue. And I bought that at the time, and I found the, the actual... Um, bottle of it and it was completely dried up. So I just used um, like applique glue. I don't know if I'll regret it or not. It's not something that's going to be washed, honestly, maybe ever. But so I just glued that down and used a fill thread, 2311 people. It goes with everything, everything in my world anyways. And I was, this is where the inaccuracies were going to show up because um, you 
sew them like through the points of the hexi and if it all works out right um you know you're going to have what looks every hexi is going to be sewn through like a little pie with little pie wedges and and they're it's going to intersect right at the middle and for the most part it did you know i was really that's one thing about straight line quilting on actual quilts is that i think it really shows up your inaccuracies because here it's right along the seam line and here it's in the ditch and you, you know what i mean it just shows that not everything's perfectly lined up but i was a little surprised at how well this worked out so one night i i um laid it out and glued it down and the next day i just put a piece of um linen under it and quilted it a straight line with a walking foot you know it took like 20 minutes and 10 minutes after that i put an envelope back and boom i have a pillow super cute um i got you know i, I posted just a close-up of it on instagram and got a pretty good response to it so i'm i'll do a blog post about it but it was just a super fun easy project and that's exactly that's exactly what i I uh I want right now. So it's on our it's on our couch. It's you know the pillow that gets thrown on the floor when someone sits down every time because that's the way pillows work. Um speaking of Christmas projects, um I'm I want to do kind of a little roundup blog post, but if if I don't get around to that, which I know sometimes I say things that I don't actually end up doing, I will put a link in the show notes for. I did a a few years ago a Christmas table runner. There's actually two versions of this. One's on uh, Moda Bake Shop, um, which was done with jelly rolls. And the one that's on my blog is done with, what are they called? A honey bun, like inch and a half strips because someone gave me a bunch and I was just using them up. And then for the Moda Bake Shop, I used a jelly roll. But it's just, it's a um, triangle and a square um, block uh, with uh, the strips that make up the little center triangle. And um, I put that on my table the other day and I realized... That it's, so I have like a, what is that? Probably a 60 inch table and it's maybe a 48 inch table topper, you know, by maybe 12. So it doesn't go all the way to the ends. And I thought to myself, Kristen, why did you make that so skimpy? I now am all about table toppers that are 18 inches wide and overhang, you know, eight inches on each side, the way more generously sized. So now that seems really tiny. I feel like I want to make um, a few more that are, are more generously sized, but you can make it however long you want. It's, it's just one block repeated. So I'll put a link to that. It's a really fun, easy um, Christmas project that, that's on the blog. And um, the other thing that I want to talk about is I got a new book. Um, this goes with my fat quarter shop call. Um, it's called Pillow Talk. It's by Adita Sitar of, I hope I'm saying that right. I'm sorry if I'm not, of Laundry Basket Quilts. And it's 25 lovely pillows for your home sweet home. And these are mostly 18 inch pillows, which made, that's part of the reason I realized, you know what, why do I make such skimpy lumbar pillows? What is wrong with you? You like big oversized things. Um, so this book has yeah, 25 pillows. And they are adorable. And I love um, Adita Sitar's, like her vibe, her look, her aesthetic. And all the pillows here use her um, basics line, which is this super cool sort of, um, reads as a solid, but it's more of a yarn dyed look fabric. I can't remember what it's called right now, but it's it's beautiful. So I'll talk more about um, the uh, the pillow that I'm making from this probably on the next podcast. But um, if you want to treat yourself to something um, for Christmas, this is super cute. And here's the fun thing about this is that quarter shop actually has um, quilt kits 
for all of these. And I treated myself to one and the pieces, because there's a lot of, um, you know, like diamonds and hexes and things like that. The pieces are laser cut. So they're, they're perfect. So like that just takes that one thing, especially when you're cutting diamonds, you know, it, it just takes that, that one element of error out of your hands. And I just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to make that. So I'll be, this is, I think the next project on my, on my list is a pillow from this book. So that's pillow talk, um, by fat quarter shop. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's so Emma book. So it's the fat quarter shop is the, are the people that publish that. And it's super cute. I can't wait to talk more about that. Let's talk knitting. Well, I want to say knitting and crochet now. Um, I'm just working on a sock. I'm to that very happy place on my sock where I'm just going down the foot and I just get to, to knit without worrying about decreases. <laughs> it did remind me that I wanted to pass on a tip that I have. Um, if you knit socks or if you knit anything that has like a decrease every other row, especially if you're watching TV or something, I have a hard time remembering which row I'm on. So I have this little trick of taking a penny and when I'm doing a decrease row, I have it with the head up, like heads up, you've got to pay attention to what you're doing this row. And then if it's playing around, I just flip it over and it's on tails. And I just flip that as I go so that if I stop and I'm watching TV or I chat, and I know you can look at your stitches to see, you know, like when you get there, like did I decrease last row? But um, I just find this so much easier. So anyways, that's my little penny trick. And my daughter, last last episode, I talked about uh, my daughter, Chloe, that she's taken up crochet. And so she was home for Thanksgiving for four or five days. And while she was home, she just whipped up a laptop cover crocheted it's super cute purple some you know it was very simple it was just a long rectangle with some cute stitch pattern and then she sewed up the side and um and then along the flap you know um because she made it overlap did some cute little edging with a, a little chain and sewed on a button it was super cute i'll put a, a link in the show notes but um yeah so she's super into crochet i talked to her yesterday she's now she's crocheting um, scrunchies and stuff. So it's just hilarious to me that you've got this mom that has sewn garments, sewn quilts, other little small projects, knits, and she chooses crochet. <laughs> but I say more power to you. Um, and, he, you know, and I think it's just really good. I mean, being in college, it just gives, you know, that handwork, it just, it calms your brain. And um, I just think it's so, it's so good for you. So I'm super happy that she's gotten into that. Let's talk books for a few minutes. Um, are you making time to read during the holidays? It's another thing that I like to do to just kind of do something for me because we have to take care of ourselves, people, right? As the moms, you know, the holidays, I think they weigh most heavily on us. So we need to make sure to um, drink tea, read books, make time to sew, do the things that, um, that, that keep you healthy mentally. So I've got a few books that I'm working on. Um, I went to the library and I just was uh, going up and down the mystery aisles just to see if anything caught my eye. I was kind of looking for a cozy Christmas mystery, but one that I wouldn't feel embarrassed holding the book because, you know, some of them, they can be a little bit cheesy, um, to be honest with you. So I found one that's really kind of borderline <laughs> and I'm, I'm about halfway. So I'm not going to, it's, yeah, I can guess I can say it's enjoyable. It's not great literature, but it's cute. Um, it's called 12 Days at Bleaky Manor by Michelle Gripe, G-R-I-E-P. And it's... Um, 
part of a series called Once Upon a Dickens Christmas, book one. And it's kind of interesting. It's, um, you know, kind of a, uh, like a Charles Dickens time period to like, I don't know, when is this, you know, I'm assuming 1800s and um, a bunch of people have been seemingly unrelated, most of them, have been called to this place called Bleaky Manor um, that I imagine to be a little bit like Bleak House. And they are all promised that if they come for the 12 days of Christmas, that they will get something that they want at the end. And so um, that's kind of, that's basically all that's revealed right now. And um, so anyways, it's kind of cute. It's, you know, it's it's a fun little Christmas read. Um, I haven't gotten back to uh, rereading Winter Solstice yet this year, but I probably will. I've talked a lot about that. It turns out I am not alone in reading Winter Solstice by Rosamund Pilcher every year at Christmas, which I, I thought I invented that. <laughs> Seems like lots of people are. So that's kind of a cool thing. I am also reading, I talked about this in the last podcast, a book called... Um, Oh, shoot. Now that doesn't look right. Uh, Women's War. It's the latest in the um, Home Fires TV show book series continuation. Is that confusing enough? Talked about this before. Also, Home Fires was a really awesome show on, I think I watched it on Amazon Prime, but they canceled it. The writer went on to write a series of books. You know, it's funny. I just keep recommending books. That I'm like, yeah, they're not that great, but I'm enjoying them. So I'm enjoying the story because it continues with these characters and I just want to hang out with the characters, but um, it's not well written, but I'm still enjoying it. So that's a very half-hearted recommendation, but the book costs $2.99. So, you know, I guess on some level you get what you pay for. Another book that I read recently was called The Power of Habit. It's a very popular book. Um, and I've read lots of books on habit change, you know, a lot of the Gretchen Rubin books. But this one was really good because he talks a lot about the science, but he talks a lot about it anecdotally. So there's a lot of story to it, a lot of examples. And um, so when we're trying to establish habits like um, a homemaking routine, um, eating a more healthy diet, there's just a lot of ways... Um, kind of like just tips and tricks to make um, those habits easier to form. Um, because as we now know, uh, willpower is a very limited resource. So the more things that we put uh, on the habit train, the better. And so that's kind of what, what I'm working on um, now. A book that I've been listening to is called A Week in Winter. It's by Maeve Binchy, Rest in Peace. I actually discovered my beloved Rosamund Pilcher because I used to absolutely love, well, I still do, Maeve Binchy books. And Amazon said, well, if you like Maeve Binchy, you might like this. And they were very right. Um, so a week in winter, I'm listening to the audio book and um, I'm enjoying that because the woman has um, an Irish accent and, you know, Maeve Binchy was Irish. And it's about, it's very Maeve Binchy-ish, which means... Um, Maeve Binchy is a woman that I feel like had so many stories in her head, she could not get them out fast enough. So many of her books are really, in a way, a series of linked short stories. What comes to mind is a book called The Lilac Bus, which was a, 
um, a book about a bunch of characters that would get on a bus in like the uh, outskirts of Dublin and then go to work in Dublin. Um, and so, you know, th there would be a chapter on, on each of these people and they were all linked by the fact they were taking this bus together. And, and, um, I always thought that was really cool. I'm just like, she's obviously has so many ideas and a weekend winner is the same way that it's about, um, a number of different characters, but more importantly, a, a couple central ones that open up a hotel or, you know, more like what we might, they call it a hotel, but we might call it more like a bed and breakfast um, in Ireland, in the country, and how all that comes together. And then um, the people who are coming to visit. And I haven't finished it. I've read the book before many years ago. <laughs> But, you know, I read it 20 years ago. And so now it's like a whole new book to me. I mean, I think it kind of culminates with the last with a week in winter where a particular group of people come. So that's been very enjoyable and kind of a, a, a wintry read as well. Um, as per usual, I am also like listening to whatever Louise Penny book comes up on on Libby. Um, so most recently, I listened to The Cruelest Month. These are the Inspector Gamache books, The Cruelest Month. And I'm listening to um, A Great Reckoning right now, which takes place at Christmas time, but it's not a happy book. So that's it's not really a Christmassy book. But um, those are so good for me when I'm just sewing and I can, you know, I don't, it's okay if I miss things because I've already read the books. But yeah, that's like kind of my, my comfort listen. Um, the other thing that I got from the library is a book that I saw uh, recommended, I think, by the Lazy Genius. Do you follow her? She's really smart. Um, on uh, She's got a podcast and uh, a, a pretty good Instagram account. But she brought up um, this book called Holiday and Celebration Bread in Five Minutes a Day. Now, I have healthy bread in five minutes a day. Um, that I got for Christmas a number of years ago. And I have used um, that method. It's a, it's a method of mixing up a larger batch of dough and it's, it's quite wet and you keep it in your refrigerator. And then over a two week period, whenever you want fresh bread, you just break off however much you want from that and cook it fresh. So that's the five minutes a day thing because um, just taking that that dough and shaping it or whatever letting it do a little bit of a rise and then put it in the oven is all you need to do um, I'd like to get back to doing uh, that bread so that we have some you know good homemade bread more often um, it's a it's a really good technique but the holiday and celebration bread a lot of it's um, you know more of some of the sweeter breads there's really there's some good stuff for um, cinnamon rolls and just all kinds of fun um, breads for the holiday. So I'm going to try that. Most of it's more sweet though. Um, I'm going to try not to do too much of that, but that's, you know, if nothing else, it's just fun to page through and uh, just enjoy the photos and imagining that you were eating them. So that's it for books. So let's talk a little bit about um, shows on TV. So what are you watching? And we're at that point now where a lot of the, um, the shows are on hiatus, you know, like This Is Us, um, even uh, probably a million little things. I think I'm a little behind on that show, but I've been watching The Crown. I talked about it last time. I got to say this, I think is my favorite season of The Crown. I used to always go, yeah, I like The Crown. I don't see why everyone's going so crazy about it, but I'm really enjoying it. Maybe because we're getting into the years of um, the British monarchy that I have a little bit of a memory of. Um, and so the last couple episodes, I think they were episodes six and seven from this latest season, which I think is season three. I'm not 100% sure. Um, focused on Prince Charles 
And, you know, like I really had no use for Prince Charles up to this point. But man, it really, it, it gives you a little bit of sympathy about, you know, his predicament. And he, um, so that whole episode was about when he became the Prince of Wales and how they actually, um, he went to Wales and learned some of the Welsh language, went to school there for a while before his, I don't know what it's called. There's a fancy word for it. I'm going to say induction or whatever as, um, as the Prince of Wales. And he just became a much more sympathetic character. And also you were starting to see, um, that he's interested in this girl named Camilla. <laughs> Spoiler, we kind of know how that ends up. But I had really didn't know that um, that they were interested in each other like back in college days. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so I really enjoyed that um, that episode. And then there was an episode about Prince Philip during um, the time when, when America put men on the moon and just he was going through a bit of a midlife crisis there. I, I also have like basically no use for Prince Philip. I think he's kind of a kind of a jerk but he was a little bit more of a sympathetic character here so that's kind of kind of good and of course every time these episodes come up I go straight to Wikipedia and I'm like googling this like did this really happen did this really happen and again yes yes it did and so uh yeah so th that has been a really fun watch lately um, my husband and I finished up what we were watching and so we're kind of casting about for things so we've been watching a few um movies we just finished the other day the movie Late Night with Emma Thompson and Mindy Kaling. I love Mindy Kaling. And it was really cute. Emma Thompson is a late night talk show host on this, kind of like a Johnny Carson type figure. Um, she's British, but she has an American talk show that she's had on the show, you know, for like 25 years. But it's in danger of being canceled. And Mindy Kaling comes in as a writer and kind of shakes things up. And it's it's very cute. You know, I have to say that I'm so impressed with how Mindy Kaling keeps creating vehicles for herself. And they're always really good. The Mindy Project was really good. And this was good. Um, she was very involved in A Wrinkle in Time. And um, I know, I just, I, I love that she's like, I'm not going to wait for, you know, the Hollywood, the men of Hollywood to come to me with a project. I'm going to make pr good projects for women. And I, I love that. The other um, show that we watch, or I guess it was a movie, it was called The Report. It's a, is it a Netflix original? I want to say it was a Netflix original with Adam Driver and Annette Benning and John Hamm. And it was all about the, um, the whole torture thing that happened back, um, you know, during the, um, after 9-11. And um, I won't go into it too much, but it was a really well done um, movie that sort of dramatized that, that situation. So that was really fun. And on a lighter note, um, as a family, we're rewatching Parks and Rec, kind of like, you know, a lot of people rewatch The Office. Oh my gosh. So this is what we watch with my high school son, like before we go to bed at night. And if, have you ever watched Parks and Rec? I'm surprised at how many people haven't. It is hilarious. Um, Amy Poehler is so amazing in that role. And um, Chris Pratt, you know, before he was Chris Pratt, before he, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy and all that, um, he is absolutely hilarious. So, so just um, a, a fun few um, TV shows. Not so much into the Christmas thing yet. Oh, we did. We watched together. Um, after Thanksgiving, as a family, we watched, I think it's called Klaus. It was, um, I must be, an, I think it's a Netflix original. 
kind of a uh, another weird take on the uh, origin story of Santa. And, um, you know, it's it's been like three weeks, people. I can't even remember the details of it. But it was really cute. Uh, all my, you know, grown kids and we all watched it together. It was it was pretty cute. And I've got, you know, I <laughs> if you're on the Facebook group, and if you're not, you should be. We're having fun over there. I put I posted something recently about um, this article about how predictable Hallmark Christmas movies are. It's all some high-powered woman going home for Christmas. There's some problem she has to solve. She runs into some guy she knew in high school. They solve it together. He, he uh, shows her, you know, that she shouldn't hate Christmas anymore. They live happily ever, ever after. So, I, I, which is, I think, so true. So I'm not so much into those, um, but I, I am looking for some new, you know, Chris, I, I want to um, sit down and watch some Christmassy things, especially when I fill out Christmas cards and stuff. So if you have any suggestions, um, put them in the show notes. Better yet, I'll probably ask for them in the Facebook group. You can chime in over there. I do have one that somebody recommended that's got Kristen Davis and a guy that you know, and I can't think of what it's called. Um, I'll probably put the name in the show notes, but that's in my to be watch list. So I'll try that one. So let's wrap this up with just a little chat about homemaking. Again, you know, it's the end of the year. Um, I think we're all just trying to keep our head above water at this point. So, you know, I just want to say, keep it simple. What I've learned through the fly lady system, which I've talked a lot about, and apparently is resonating with you. I keep getting emails from people saying, you know what? Um, you inspired me to look back into the fly lady. I tried it before. It didn't work. But you know what? It's making a difference now. And I'm so happy to hear that because that's how I feel. It's like, I tried it before. It was too much. And I've said it before. Diane in Denmark um, just kind of simplified the system for me. So she's you know on YouTube and um, she posts on a lot. So it's kind of fun to watch her while I'm folding laundry or while I'm having coffee or, or, or whatever. And you can kind of, she has videos where you can kind of work along with her. But, you know, I've been doing the system where I have my morning routine, which just involves, um, you know, a little swish and swipe on the bathroom, getting a load of laundry in, paying attention to what's for dinner so that I can remember to thaw things. Um, you know, and that's kind of it. And then, I, you know, one, what we call the weekly home blessing of, um, you know, just getting through a quick dust, vacuum, mop, wipe down kind of deal just to keep the, the house ticking along. And that, I think, during the holidays is in some ways all you really need to do. Just keep those those um, routines going. And I kind of learned my lesson around Thanksgiving. Things got, you know, I was, I was trying to, I was working more so that I could take some days off when the kids were home. And so I was letting some things slip. And then I had this day when everyone's coming home and I said, okay, I need to catch up today. And I got to tell you, I spent sort of all day on and off giving the house a big, you know, clean. And I was like, you know what? I haven't had to do this for so long and I never want to do it again. I never want to spend four hours cleaning the house. And how you can get away with that is by working on it 15, maybe 30 minutes a day, like maybe a 15 minute daily chore and then a, a 30 minute uh, and another 15 minutes in whatever the zone is so that you can get the deep cleaning things done. Because I think that's where a lot of people, they might kind of do a surface clean on their house every week, but you know, they're never getting in those corners and washing the windows and wiping down the shutters and, you know, vacuuming under the bed, you know, all those kinds of things. And if you just have a system where monthly you get in there and you do those those deeper things it really works out but I'm not this month I'm not doing any deep cleaning this month because I've been doing it 
And so I know it's going to be okay. And January will start and I'll go through the zones again and I'll just pick up where I left off. And it's like no harm, no foul. That's the thing I love about housework is that even if you let it go, once you do it, it's like the slate is wiped clean. It's like, you know, you're, you're, you're starting over. And that's, that's what January is going to be is, is to get back a little bit on the deep clean thing, because we've got enough to do this month. You know, we don't need to, to be, you know, pulling, decluttering our pots and pans this time of year, you know? And the other thing I wanted to um, bring up, and I learned this also from the fly lady is, I mean, it's a little late now to be passing this on, but uh, the fly lady kind of recommends that you um, decorate over time. Like I usually pull everything down, make a big mess and spend a whole day decorating. Well, this year, the weekend after Thanksgiving, we did pull everything, all the stuff down out of the attic, put it in the garage, and I put up the, the tree. We have an artificial tree. I have no shame about that whatsoever. But, um, and it just, it's, it's pre-lit. So it's got lights and, and it's still that way. I won't, we won't even put ornaments on until all the kids come home from college, but that's all I was going to do. But then I was like, you know what? Well, I could put the greenery on the mantle and then, you know, I could wrap the stairs with the greenery. And, you know, so I did just kind of some, the garlands and the tree and just left it like that for a week. And then the next weekend is when I put out the rest of the decorations, you know, which I already talked about have, have really been edited down. Um, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Very happy with that. And then next weekend when the kids are home, we'll decorate the tree. And it's sort of never, nothing ever got to be a disaster or overwhelming. And so I've kind of uh, adopted this way, this sort of, you know, progressive decorating has worked pretty well pretty well for me. And you can kind of take it down in a, in a similar way. <laughs> you know, you don't have necessarily have to do it all in one day. Although, spoiler, I probably will. Yeah, I guess with the decorating, I've been really mostly trying to focus on like, you know, kind of a minimal color scheme and a variety of textures, you know, so we've got the shiny little ornaments in the same little bowl with some like natural elements like pine cones, lots of lights. I've kind of learned that just lights and a Christmas tree and some stockings really might be enough decoration. Lights do it all for me. Twinkle lights. I found battery operated twinkle lights to wrap around on the stairs because that was always this issue of where to plug stuff in. And that was kind of a game changer. So I'm, I'm super happy about that. Just bought those off of Amazon. Um, and I think also smells. Now we don't have a Christmas tree. So um, for me, smells need to be more like baking or um, some, some lightly scented candles, things like that. And then sound you know, having the Christmas music playing, it's the, the smells and the sounds, you know, are sometimes a little bit even more important than having, you know, all the Santa Clauses everywhere. So, so those are kind of some things that, you know, that I've learned over time on how to, to pare it down, um, visually, you know, so anyways, um, we're going to be talking Christmas traditions over on the Facebook group. So join us over there. Um, and I guess I want to just close this out with my one simple swap. This is where we talk about um, very small changes that we can um, do to, to be a little bit more environmentally friendly. And this is a, kind of a weird one that I wanted to talk about for a while. And it's not that this is a huge environmental problem, but I want to talk about flossing. <laughs> so dental floss, we should all be flossing, right? It took me like so long to establish a flossing habit. It was just like, I could not figure out how to make myself do this 30 second activity once a day. Um, and you know, floss is, it's plastic, whatever. But if you like normal dental floss, which everyone in my house does, it's not that big of a deal, but I have an alternative for you. 
that is the thing that got me into a flossing habit. And it's called Stimudent. And they are little balsa wood, little pieces of wood, almost like, like a, think of as big as a, um, like a flat match, you know, it's just this tiny, you know, like a 64th of an inch uh, thick and they're pointed. And, and all you have to do is go through and just stick them between your teeth. You know how, like when you floss, you kind of go up and down each side. turns out that's totally not even necessary. So you just stick them between each, you know, tooth in your whole mouth. It takes, it's so much easier than flossing because my teeth are really tight and it's really hard to get the thing in the, you know, between and you're always rewrapping it. I just, I, the whole flossing thing never worked for me, but this I actually can do. And the dentist says it's as good as flossing. Um, I just got a really good report from the dentist about how, you know, it's kind of changed things. And it's like, I, I, I've really established this habit to the point where, um, you know how you have those days where you skip it because you, you're coming home at midnight or whatever. And the other day that happened to me and I was like, oh, do I really want to do this? But I'm like, I have not missed a day in over six months. And I'm just, I don't want to break that streak. And that's the thing about habits is you know, trying to get that streak going. Um, but anyways, so it, it was the game changer that, that, that got me flossing. So that's kind of a, a weird one simple step, but for, for what it's worth, there you have it. So thanks for spending this time with me. I know it's a crazy Christmas season, so I hope that you are just enjoying yourself. Slow down when you can, but uh, also take you know the time to enjoy all the simple pleasures that just come just this one time a year, whatever that means for your family, looking at lights, doing some baking or whatever, um, just make time for that. And we will see you probably on the other side of Christmas. 